the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So we've been introduced to the person of the king in Matthew chapters 1 through 4 and the principles of his kingdom in the Sermon on the Mount. And now we're going to be introduced to the power of the king. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. We're continuing to present to you his study in the book of Matthew. And if you've missed past messages or would like to review today's broadcast again, go to the ministry's website at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. If you have any questions and would like to call, the number is 650-473-4095. We call this daily visit Study Verse by Verse, and here to begin a new message in the series is Pastor Layton. Now, when last we met, we had concluded a three-week overview of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that's covered in chapters 5 through 7, and the final verses of chapter 7 read, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, and not as their scribes. Now, the words now, when Jesus had finished saying these things, or words like that come at the end of each of the teaching sections we find in Matthew's gospel. And the word translated astonished or astounded can also be translated amazed. The people were amazed by Jesus' teaching. The teaching they were more familiar with was the teaching of rabbis who usually Uh, cited the uh, well-known rabbis in order to give their word more authority. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't need to. He didn't need someone else's authority because he was the authority. He, He is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So he spoke with the ultimate authority, and he confronted people with God's claims on their lives. But he not only taught with authority, he also acted with authority as well. So we've been introduced to the person of the king in Matthew chapters 1 through 4 and the principles of his kingdom in the Sermon on the Mount. And now we're going to be introduced to the power of the king in chapters 8 and 9. In chapters 8 and 9, Matthew records 9 or 10, depending on how you categorize them, uh, miraculous works of Jesus, and they're, they're interspersed with stories about the calling of the disciples. In the first group of uh, miracles, Jesus heals a leper, the servant of a Gentile Roman centurion, and Peter's mother-in-law. And then there's a discussion that follows about discipleship. And then there's a second group of miracles that contains the calming of a storm, uh, the healing of two demon-possessed men, and the healing of a paralytic. And then Matthew records his own call to discipleship and some discussion about fasting. And then he provides three additional miracles. Uh, There is a combination story about the healing of a sick woman and the raising of a dead girl, the healing of two blind men, and the deliverance of a third demon-possessed man. 
And then that follows with Jesus' comments about the need for additional Christian workers. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. It's important for us to remember that Matthew arranged his material topically, not chronologically. And you'll find some of these stories in the other synoptic gospels, Mark and Luke, but you'll find them in different places for different reasons. But Jesus' miracles demonstrated the power of the kingdom in action. Now, today, we're only going to have an opportunity to study the first of the first group of three uh, of these miracles. But it's interesting that these first three miracles recorded were performed for the benefit of outcasts. Lepers, Gentiles, and women were considered outcasts by Jewish religious people. Uh, many Pharisees would pray a prayer like something like this. I give thanks that I'm a man and not a woman, a Jew and not a Gentile, a free man and not a slave. So these were considered outcasts. And the reason that I think that the author included these at the beginning was to show that Jesus cares for and loves outcasts. Have you ever felt like an outcast? Have you ever felt like a second-class citizen? Well, Jesus loves and cares for you. We're in chapter 8, verse 1. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leopard came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Now this is the portion we'll have an opportunity to study, but I want to keep reading because there's something we can learn from the passage that follows that will help us better understand and appreciate the study today. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, My servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Jesus heard this. He marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I say to you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. To the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Now, Jesus performed many, many, many miracles. Why is it that these particular miracles were recorded in Scripture? And for that matter, why did Jesus perform miracles at all? Well, most certainly, one of the things that was revealed in Jesus' miracles is that God is not only concerned about our spiritual well-being, he's also concerned about our physical well-being also. And that is why Christians don't just minister to the soul, we also minister physically as well. That's why so many Christians are involved in soup kitchens and other ministries to our community. And then, of course, there is the fact that Jews require a sign. 
And these miracles were a sign that he was who he claimed to be. And he gave him many, many signs. But the problem was that time and time again, the religious leaders discounted and discredited and despised those signs. Now, with that as an introduction, let's study the passage in greater detail. Verse 1. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. So it says that great crowds followed him. And we hear the word follow, we oftentimes think in terms of a disciple. But actually, there's two meanings to that word. In all likelihood, they weren't following him as disciples. They were following him out of curiosity. Man, we were so entertained by his preaching. What else is he going to say? I don't want to miss it. Let's follow him. And then verse 2 begins with the words, and behold. And the words that are used here in the original language were often used in Matthew to mark the beginning of a new section, not necessarily a chronological sequence. So these events didn't necessarily immediately follow the Sermon on the Mount. And behold, a leper came to him. Now, in Jesus' day, the Greek word for leprosy was used to describe a number of skin diseases, but some of them were contagious. And if a person contracted one of those contagious types, the priest would declare him a leper and banish him from home and city. He was not allowed to come to any gatherings, not even church. The leper had to go around in ragged clothes with unkept hair, something covering his upper lip. And as he went around, he had to cry, unclean! Unclean! In the Middle Ages, if a person became a leper, the priest would don his stole and take up his crucifix and bring the person into the church and pray the burial service rites over him because he was considered as good as dead. If a leper so much as put their head into a house, the entire house was considered unclean. It was even illegal to greet a leper in an open plaza or an open place. According to the law, a leper must not come within four cubits or six feet of another person. They always had to keep their distance. And if there was any wind, they had to stay 50 yards away from the other person, lest the wind carry the contagion. This leper had to leave his family and friends and go away and live in a community with other lepers until he either died or got well. And it was the only way to contain the spread of this contagious form of leprosy. Dr. J. Vernon McGee imaginatively paints a picture with words of what it might have been like for this man. He said, I do not know this man's background. But I imagine that one day he noticed a breaking out on his head. Uh, Perhaps he'd been out plowing. And he came in and he showed his wife and she put some ointment on it. Well, the next morning was just as red as it could be. And he went out and plowed again. And this went on for about a week. And his wife started getting uneasy. She suggested he visit the priest. He went to the priest who isolated him for 14 days. Hmm, that sounds familiar. At the end of this period of time, the disease had spread. The priest told him he had leprosy. The man asked the priest if he could go and tell his wife and children and say goodbye. The priest said, I'm sorry, you cannot tell them goodbye. You cannot put your arm around your wife again or hold your children in your arms anymore. 
When anyone comes near you, you must cry out, unclean, unclean. He saw his children grow up from a distance. They would leave food in a certain place, and he would come and get it after they withdrew. But he could not touch them. The words of Dr. J. Vernon McGee. I cannot imagine what it would be like to see and not be able to hug and hold my family. We're not talking about for a few weeks or a few months. Lepers were supposed to keep their distance. Verse 2. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Pastor Leighton Sheely with Verse by Verse. And we'll pick up from this point tomorrow. This is a daily visit featuring the teaching of Pastor Leighton and Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. All of the messages in this series in the book of Matthew are available on the website highlands.us. Plus, you'll find information about service times, age-graded ministries, special learning opportunities, and Highlands Christian Schools. Check out the website and see what's going on at Church of the Highlands. That's highlands.us. Or give them a call at 650-473-4095. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed rest of your day. And come back tomorrow when we'll open the Word of God and study verse by verse.